1: And welcome to Dear Hank and John. This is the weekly podcast where I, Hank Green, and usually John Green, but this week Emma Blackery answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. But first, Emma, yes. do you have a poem for us?
2: I do. I decided I would fill in for John and, uh, and give a nice romantic sort of poem. And I'm going to dedicate it to John, I think. I think he'll enjoy okay. this one. Um, Okay, are you ready?
1: <clears throat> yes.
2: Okay. Daniel, my brother, you are older than me. Do you still feel the pain of the scars that won't heal? Your eyes have died, but you see more than I. Daniel, you're a star in the face of the sky.
1: Thank you, Emma. <laughs> I'm glad this is becoming a tradition. As, as long as John is gone, all of the poems will be Bernie Taupin lyrics. Exactly. The man who wrote almost all of <laughs> elton john songs (laughs) uh thanks to maureen johnson for starting off that tradition and thank you for for continuing it you're Uh,
2: welcome it's a legacy now
1: so for everyone who doesn't know emma blackery is a youtuber and a musician and uh you you're something of an advice giver yourself so i'm excited to welcome you on the show tell us about yourself
2: Um, Okay, geez. Um, I always hate that question. So tell us all about yourself. How could you? Uh Um, Basically, I I started making YouTube videos in 2012. I originally started because I wanted to be a musician and post my own awful uh, self-made music videos, which was just me standing in front of a tripod singing um which is why i call my channel emma blackery and um then i started reading 50 shades of gray online when it was released (laughs) thinking hey everyone's reading twilight i'm gonna read 50 shades of gray and um after they nearly sued me um for doing that for reading all (laughs) of it copyright infringement and slagging off the book um I decided to start doing more like comedy vlogs and stuff, and that's kind of taken over my channel now. So it's kind of like my channel is a mixture of music slash comedy slash not reading copyrighted books. Well, the
1: funny thing about reading copyrighted books is it's only okay if you're slagging off on it. To use your phrase that I do not actually know the meaning oh,
2: of. Oh yeah, sorry, that's that's a that's that's a UK thing. We have lots no. and lots of slang, but slagging off basically just means you're talking bad about it. Trash talking, I believe you would say Which sounds so weird within a British accent You know, trash talking Are you (laughs) trash talking to me? It's
1: like me saying, slagging off (laughs)
2: That sounds really stupid
1: yeah, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're uh, actually crit- critiquing the thing that you are reading, then it's okay to read the copyrighted material, as long as you don't read all of it in sequence, That's which the I problem. think That's is what you That's what I did, word for word,
2: yeah. every shouldn't have done single that. word. I think, I think I probably could have applied the fair use thing if I'd just taken some things out of context and read a yes. few lines. But, yes, uh, that would have
1: been fine. But I made yes, 40 is...
2: minute long videos. Just Just reading a a chapter.
1: Just an audio book
2: of
1: of Fifty Shades of Grey, but with uh, occasional commentary about how bad it is. I'd pay for that.
2: The worst part about it is a couple of weeks before mine got taken down and they were like, hey, we might sue you for this, Um, which they didn't, which was great. Um, Another person who was reading books online uh, made a video saying, oh, I had this book publishing company take my videos down, don't read books online. And I was like, Oh, that's scary. i better stop. Nah, you know what? It won't happen to me. And then two weeks later, it just happened to me. So,
0: yeah.
2: Word of well, advice: If you want to start a YouTube channel, don't just don't read copyright content.
0: Well, but
2: word.
1: was that uh, was that a contributor to your success? Would yes, you say it
2: was? It was. That's how my channel kind of started getting big. So, thank you, E.O. James. So yeah, James. thank you well, very much.
1: In that case, then the, the the thing that you should say is do do illegal. Uh, uh things that might get you sued but stop once you get big yes. which is really like that's the whole story of how youtube got big youtube used to just be like family guy clips and daily show oh
2: i remember things those days stolen. yeah when yeah. I mean, it was all just tv shows before copyright was even a thing like well copyright was always a thing but i mean like content id and stuff where things just get taken down now and audio gets taken out you know i remember those days oh that's like 10 years ago now wasn't it it's 10 years yeah. like, 10 year anniversary this year
1: yeah, oh. and if I I feel like if YouTube hadn't had those days of just, like, uh, being a really great repository of stolen TV stuff, it would never have gotten as popular as it did.
2: Yeah, I think you're probably right on that, because a lot of people just wanted to access quick, you know, quick clips. And, uh, yeah, because, I mean, the first video was a guy at the zoo, the, uh, the creator of YouTube, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so yeah, one it was of the just, creators. Yeah.
2: yeah, if it was just that, or people talking on no webcams one, yeah. in black and white for 10 years, I guess it wouldn't have taken off, no. I suppose you're right. That's weird. Basically, break the law, kids.
1: It's going to be long, fine. Yeah. As when, long as, long as, as, as you you're stop. small enough to get away with it. And then as soon as, you're, as soon as you're starting to get on people's radar, run away and hide and then pretend like that never happened. And that's really, you know, uh, the story of many YouTubers, not necessarily with copyrighted content, but with doing things that are slightly maybe, you know, the little, little dubious, hacks yeah. and tweaks. And dubious is a good, good word for it. Thanks. Um, yeah. I like using yeah. that
2: word. It's my word of the week. I have, the, uh, a, I have a word you, of the week that I never share with anybody. I just, I is have an, really? an inner monologue sort of podcast going on in my head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> dubious is my word of the week. It's not even it's a good. joke. It's no, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. yeah, it's just believable, isn't it? Jeez. Oh,
1: you're going to have a lot of opportunities to use the word dubious, I think, today. Uh, just because you're going to have a lot of opportunities to use a lot of words, because this is Dear Hank and John. Indeed. Uh, it what's,
2: is. or oh, Emma and Hank this week? Indeed.
1: Right? Yeah, well, I mean, as long as if that's the way you want to say it.
2: Yeah, just wait until I can write a book and promote it around the world. And then I won't right. be available, and then it would just be Dear Hank and Hank. Oh, and
1: then, no! And then you're
2: in trouble. Oh, God! <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would. T- It'd be awful nice if I could borrow Weezy Waiter's cloning machine and, and do an episode of Dear Hank and Hank, because, uh, you know... Sometimes it's hard to get people on the phone. Uh, everybody's busy, but I'm not. That's when true. I'm not busy, but yeah, I mean, so I would
2: say that there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, you know, there's there's enough. You know, one Emma Blackery's enough, or, or one John Green's enough." But I genuinely think the world could do with more Hank Greens, honestly. Oh, thank that you. That sounds like I'm just you know complimenting you and just trying to make you blush, but genuinely, I think if it was a world full of Hanks, if if you were to replace. Every other living being on this planet, I think it would probably be quite a fun place. I'd get sick of it, but...
1: <laughs> I think, I yeah, I think it'd be super boring. It'd just be, uh, you know,
2: things about Mars all the time, wouldn't it?
0: It'd just, be a it'd lot just, of things
1: about Mars. Yeah. I think probably, yeah. I, I, I think that, yeah. Well, the problem is that uh, all the Hanks would want to send humanity to Mars, but none of them would want to go. Yeah, because... I can
2: imagine that would uh, inhibit yeah. the process uh-huh. quite a uh-huh.
1: bit. Because there'd just be a lot of vomiting on the way. And, you sure and you
2: wouldn't go? You sure?
1: Like, oh, this definitely this whole one-way not.
2: ticket thing that they're, no. That they're doing oh, right No, especially
1: not with a one-way ticket. I'm not much on the g- risking of my own life in any circumstance, and a and Mars mission would be very dangerous, one. Two, uh, I get motion sick very easily, and, and so weightlessness is sort of not not an option for me. And three, uh, I just, I like, like, I live in Montana. Like, I, if I wanted, like, a really exciting, high-stakes life, I'd move to a big city, but I don't. I, like, laid back, I, like... Normal things and normal friends and normal life and doing the normal human American things.
2: Can I just say, if you want a life where you're just climbing big red rocks in really dry desert, just go to Utah. Just oh go yeah, to Utah. we got
1: that we got was, some pretty Mars-like places. Yeah, in that America. was tough.
2: I went to a place called a uh, Bryce Canyon, which I didn't even know existed.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. um,
2: Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. Like, I genuinely preferred it to the Grand Canyon, which a lot of people were really shocked by. But um, we had a horseback ride down the canyon, and it was the scariest thing because the (laughs) twists and turns were so sharp. And these horses didn't know what they were doing. Mine was a mule, so I wasn't doing a very good job of being a horse, you know, Um, but it was scary. But it was so beautiful there. You know, so if you're into the whole Red Rock kind of thing, but you're you're kind of afraid of space travel and death by alien just just go to Bryce Canyon just go to Utah there's a little tiny town called Moab which was absolutely beautiful
1: oh my god Moab is not a tiny town
2: it's well no it's not but I mean what we saw uh, of it was tiny yeah. okay okay it was, I could walk, I walked to the end of it and back it was, it was uh, yeah it was, okay it wasn't like it's was not like the tiniest town but it's walkable.
1: I live in Montana, where a tiny town has like eight people.
2: Oh, okay. Well, we don't we don't really have those kind of towns. We call them, well, we say we say the villages, I guess. But we don't really have like really small towns anymore. Not that. Enough. Yeah,
1: there's not enough space for that in, in your country.
2: Well, that's the thing, actually. Before we go on, you'd be very surprised because um, I don't know, you've you've flown to England before, and you've probably looked down, and you the amount of green that we do have in our country, like yeah, only apparently only ten percent of our like land is inhabited. Seriously, well, that's a agree. hugely
1: high percentage on, mm. on the on the global well, exactly. scale. Like, I don't know if that's it,
2: actually the specific figure, but I, I know that it's a very small amount. And like uh, our politicians have you believe, oh, there's no room for any more people. We shouldn't have any more immigrants come in because we haven't got the room. <laughs> but it's more a case of <laughs> the we, room. Yeah, yeah, they genuinely say that. But the truth is, where are you going to put them? <laughs> exactly. But the truth is, I guess we don't have the money to build houses. I guess that's what they're trying to say.
1: Right but they or, sort of build yeah. this
2: sort of they build this vision of like the island being so heavy that it sinks you know that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> so they can't add
1: any more people
2: exactly one more person and we're going down boys we can't have it anymore you know but um no but a lot of it is just it's just green you know
1: yeah yeah you got a you got a beautiful country it's just uh it's just you know it's, it's much smaller and with far more people than uh per yeah. per per unit of space yeah like it's a lot more compressed America. you know yeah
2: it's like drinking squash rather than just juice. It's, it's tough. Uh, you don't know what squash is, do you?
1: I do not.
2: Oh, cordial? Have you heard of cordial? Nope,
1: no? that's un- unfamiliar as um, well.
2: It's like really, really concentrated juice that you water down.
1: Oh, we call that concentrate.
2: Oh, well, we, we don't call it concentrate.
1: <laughs> you got a whole, there you go. whole new word for this it.
2: This whole podcast is just me translate. well, you translating what I'm saying.
1: Well, you translating what you're saying. Uh, to you. Yeah me that's
2: saying what does this mean I don't know you're supposed <laughs> no. to be telling me <laughs> you know
1: oh well thank you for educating me yeah do you want to no. hear some questions
2: yeah that's that's kind of why I'm here just talking about my own country Jeez. yes send me some questions
1: all right our first question uh, is from Alpha who asks dear Hank and Emma this is mostly for Emma Last year, I started a channel for music, but I have been inactive for about a year now, and now I'm willing to come back, but I can't find the motivation. Emma inspired me a lot these past few days, as she's been watching your videos, and I want to know what keeps her inspired in making music videos and writing music. I need your sage advice. Oh, okay. What um, keeps you well, inspired? At first,
2: at first, I was quite confused, because you said in the last few days, I was like, I haven't done anything in the last few days. I sort of sat in bed, feeling really tired. That's not inspiring at all. <laughs> I cut a bit um, out of the
1: question where she talked about how she's been binge watching your videos. Okay, for a
2: while. good, good. I was gonna say, like, are you spying on me, just eating <laughs> crisps in my underwear? Oh, sorry, chips, potato chips. <laughs> oh, too many. Oh, okay. Um, in terms of keeping inspired, I mean, in terms of videos, I get inspiration from anywhere. Like, uh, just today, um, I was I was in a store and I I bought a shirt and the the lady said oh that's, that's a nice shirt and instantly i thought i'm gonna make a video about this when a assi- when when store assistants judge the clothes you're buying you know like i get inspiration for that sort of thing just from everyday <laughs> stuff that annoys what? me don't do what? that why don't, not don't gel don't like Tell me whether you like the clothes I'm buying or not because that means there are some clothes in this store that you don't like. And what if I've picked that up and you're too rude to say? What if you well, don't maybe... actually like this shirt? What if you're saying that because the last thing that you beat through f- for my stuff was really horrible?
0: You know? you know what
1: I like though? I really like when I'm like at, a, at an ice cream shop or or some food place where you sort of create your own item. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm and I like, I'm going to get a root beer float, but instead of vanilla, I'm going to use cardamom ice cream. And then the person behind the counter is like, ooh, that sounds so good. It makes me feel like this person is, like, they work at an ice cream shop. They're a connoisseur. They've heard everything. <laughs> but I like the idea that I could impress them with my, my uh, superior ice cream ordering skills.
2: That's true. Um, in the UK, like, I, don't, I don't know if you it, guys have this, um, but uh, we have it where you go into a restaurant and you say, like, what would you recommend?
0: You know, yes. And you ask
2: the waitress, like, what mm-hmm. would you recommend or server, whatever you guys say. Um, but, like, I find that really weird because you're saying to someone else with completely different taste buds, completely different genetics, like, what what food pleases your palate? It's like, well, <laughs> I mean, everyone is different.
1: Yeah. Well, but this, this is a person who is a... M- has more expertise than you do. They work at the restaurant, they've seen the things prepared, they've theoretically tried a lot of the different dishes. Oh, I, yeah,
2: I, I totally get that, but I just find that really, really weird because what well, if it's someone, because I've had it before where they say, oh, well, I really like this and it's topped with almonds and nuts. And I'm just like, well, I hate nuts. So that's yeah. that's out of well,
1: question. Well, yes. I also, I, I, so oftentimes it'll be like, the mussels are particularly great here. And I'm like, that sounds disgusting.
2: Exactly. Do I not use talk my to muscles me. And throw them away for you
1: about also, that was, like,
2: horrible anyway in terms of being inspired uh yeah making videos it I think actually kind of sadly it's more a case of it's all I got right now um mm. like I quit my job to start doing this like I was I was a waitress and um I started earning more money from YouTube than I did from waitressing and I was like hey you know what I'm gonna try real hard to make a living out of this and I was able to but if I stop making videos then I guess I go back to waitressing you know, where mm-hmm. I get up at six o'clock, six o'clock in the morning again. Um, so it's a case of I have to do it, which sounds like a really bad sort of inspiration. It kind of makes you sound like you're going to hate it, like it's a job now. Um, but I think that's very, very good in keeping me inspired. It's like, well, if I don't do it, I'm, I'm poor. Um, in terms of music, yep. I, I'm a really bad role model in terms of inspiring people to make music because I haven't written anything in about a year. So, mm. so I, I I, this is the thing because a lot of people, uh, I was saying this today actually uh, to someone else, um, some people write music every day, Like they are musicians who just pick up a guitar and write a new song every single day. They force themselves to get inspired. I can't do that. Like I, I genuinely, when I go when my writing process is, okay, I've got an EP that I need to write in about two weeks. I'm going to be recording in two weeks. I better write some songs. And I'll just, I'll just work on four or five songs. You know, and um, luckily they've all turned out pretty alright, I think. Um, but it, you know, I I don't really I don't force myself to write. I, I think it that's sounds like you do thing.
1: force yourself to write. It sounds like oh, you well, yeah,
2: but not like you have not to like every f- day. record an
1: EP. Oh, right, right. Yeah, but like having know. those like having the that that thing that you have to get done. Um, yeah, for me that's a lot of what it is too. It's like, you know, from the beginning of Vlogbrothers, we've had a schedule that we have to abide by, or else exactly. Um, and knowing that uh, knowing that I have to have a video done every Friday means that I'm thinking, you know, certainly today and, and also all of the previous days of the week, like, what the heck is that video going to be about? Is it going to be a response to John? Is it going to be something about how to make sure that you don't use, like, I've been seeing a lot of people, like, friends emailing me and, like, they use the wrong word. And I'm just like, that's fine. I know what word you mean. I'm not going to, like, correct you on it. But if I were, like, an employer, I'd be like, that you can't. You got to watch. You got to not do that. Uh, yeah. You got it. Yeah. So maybe make a video about, like, here's some words that people commonly use wrong. And this will prevent you from looking like an idiot. Not that you are an idiot, but you don't want to look like one. So, so you just uh, get
2: inspiration from, like, everyday things.
1: You get inspiration. But, like, but it's not, like... The thing that's really inspiring isn't the everyday thing. It's the knowing that you have to make a thing. And so you're constantly, your brain is on looking for things to make things with.
2: Exactly. Like if your creative switch is on, you can find inspiration from a lot of places. Um, I think in a way, I want to say you're kind of lucky in that you obviously you and John started this channel simply, you know, Vlogbrothers to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a case of if you wanted to quit at any time you kind of could but you kept it up because you you were dedicated to it both of you and then suddenly you amass this massive community of people the nerdfighters that, that suddenly were also depending on these videos so now right. it's not just your brother that wants a video every friday it's like three million people <laughs> want a video right. every and Friday. and in
1: the end that's the most inspiring thing is is like the That the knowing that I can't let these people down, but that's not helpful to somebody who doesn't already have an audience. Um, But like, that's really the thing that keeps me making videos and keeps me like caring a lot about whether or not they're good and like fretting when I know that they're not what they could be is that I have these people who I rely on and, and have given me great gifts and I can't let them down.
2: True, and but like sometimes I, I look at all the things you're involved with and I just think, how is he doing this? Have you actually got Wheezy Waiter's cloning machine? Because now instead of a cloning
1: machine, I, I hire people, which uh, which is how I, I do but all the things. But it's still
2: you. It's still you with Crash Course and SciShow and Vlogbrothers, and I see you all over the place. Now you've got a podcast. I, mean, I can't keep <laughs> up with you. There must be six of you.
1: There now, has to be. I I sleep a normal amount, I I work more than an average person, but only because my work is so fun, and uh, yeah, I just have lots of help and lots of, uh, and I also have the, like, and also an inspiring thing about having this audience is that they they are, like, because they're passionate and they want to help and, like, we share values. Uh, if I have a new idea, a new thing, they're likely to come and check it out and at least see if they like it. and if they don't, they might go away. But if they do, they might become new loyal podcast listeners and uh, and and sometimes just the fact that you can do something, it feels like you since you can, you should and, and you kind of have an obligation to because especially if other people want to do that thing and uh, and, and and like you have an easy path to it and, and I sometimes feel like a jerk if I'm like, well, I could, but like I don't have time yeah exactly. to fulfill this thing that is the a dream of millions of people
2: like the problem with me though is that i i often get really spontaneous i'll go through phases where like i'm gonna make this channel this is a genius idea i'm gonna make this oh, yeah. i'm gonna be dedicated to it and then like a month later i'll just be like oh i haven't uploaded on there for three weeks you know I'm i'm oh, yeah. really awful at just making really rash decisions like i don't plan things out i just do them um, yep. which I am working on. It's, it's all about self-improvement. You know, you, you gotta be a better human every day. Um, that's kind of one of my sayings, but yeah, I always I was get really excited about projects. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to film. And like when I, um, when I came up with my second channel, uh, which is like a lifestyle beauty kind of thing, I filmed like 20 videos in advance. I was like, see now, now I'm ahead. Now I can keep doing this. And <laughs> now I haven't uploaded on there in about three weeks. So yeah. In I this think case that's- of like being inspired is hard. I think, yeah. you know, I think it's hard to keep yourself motivated. But um, I would say at first, I don't know because I don't know if it's better to apply pressure to yourself, as in, you know, you have to have this done, like you and John do, or whether it's easier to not apply pressure to yourself and go, I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to do it at my own pace, which is kind of what I do. Um, but I think it's it depends on what works for you, really. I mean, I think we we both work in very different ways, but right. you know, we both get our content up.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I think that the, for me, forcing yourself to do something, even if nobody's watching is great because I I think no matter what, if you're creating, you're improving yourself. You're like, you're, you're being empathetic. You're thinking about what other people think would think about your content. You're creating stuff that you think is good. You're getting better at creating. You're getting better at thinking critically. Like all that stuff is, uh, is, is part of the making process, no matter what you're making, if you're making a, a, a a business or a painting or a video blog. um, It's, it's all about like, these are very, it's a very complicated exercise and no matter whether, you know, you're doing it just for yourself or you're doing it for an audience, it's always a kind of self-improvement. So I try to think of it that way, even when I'm making something that I know that somebody's never going to see, I'm like, well, at least I'm doing this thing that uh, that's helping me understand myself better and helping me understand the world better.
2: Yeah, like I think no matter what it is, no matter who sees it, if it has a positive outcome, whether it's for you or whether it's just for like you and a friend or like, you know, if no one's going to see it and it just makes you feel better, then do it. If it's only got a positive thing, then there's Mm -hmm. no there's no reason why you shouldn't do it.
1: And there's I mean, it's almost like because there's now this 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 very sort of terrifying Internet thing where anybody's creation, if it's uh, clever, funny enough, can get, you know, a million notes on Tumblr that it's almost not worth it to make something that's not going to get a million notes on Tumblr. But that's, of course, a fallacy. Um, I, think
2: it, I think it's a trap that a lot of YouTubers yeah. fall into. Like, a lot of YouTubers fall into... I mean, I've fallen into this trap where you think, I'm going to make this video because it's going to go viral. And it's mm-hmm. the worst way of thinking. It's completely, completely poisonous. When you you choose a topic, you think, oh, that's, that's going to get a lot of views because that's the worst thing you can do. Because Especially if you've started uh, to build an audience through not doing that. Mm-hmm, like for mm-hmm. Brothers Wheezy Way even me, like I just started just talking to a camera about my own personal views. So when you start making videos that you think, oh, that's kind of a clickbait title, that's the sort of thing that BuzzFeed would do, you know, mm-hmm. which is what I've kind of done recently, admittedly. Um, you know, it's it's good for views, but it's not good for the audience that you already have and they can right, feel right. like you're abandoning them. So just stay true mm-hmm. to yourself. And at the end of the day, I would say in terms of, be, you know, inspired, being inspired to make music and videos, just make them for yourself. And I always say that: make videos that you would enjoy watching, and eventually, the people that enjoy your stuff will find you. You know, if uh, YouTube yeah. works.
1: <laughs> yeah, as long as as long as all the parts don't break. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to give us another question?
2: Sure, I'll read the next one. Uh, this one is from Ellen, and she says, "I'm in America with school for the first time. I'm from the UK, and I tried a corn dog for the first time yesterday." And I understand now why you like them so much, Hank. I'm not really sure if John likes them too. I just wanted to ask if you could only ever eat one food again, what would it be? My answer is definitely not corn dogs. I think they're the worst thing on the planet. You've had a corn dog. So that's a controversial. I have. Yeah, I had one at Disney. It was, a, it was literally a, a hot dog fried, just deep fried in batter. It yes, was the weirdest correct. thing and it didn't work. I just thought it was awful. Um, I
1: cannot understand how you feel the way you feel.
2: I I, I understand how what I I mean is I understand how people can like them because they've got that kind of satisfying crunch the texture but for me it was just maybe it was the way it was cooked maybe it wasn't done right at Disney but it was really greasy and I was just sitting there Mm. it made me feel really full although I had eaten an entire dill pickle before I ate that (laughs) because as much as I don't like corn dogs I can just eat a whole (coughs) dill pickle you guys do them in bags we don't have that in America yeah. in the UK you guys do like bagged pickles it's the best <laughs> thing they take the mick out of um you know they make fun of um, uh, Canadians having bad mi- bagged milk but if you, yeah. you guys have bagged pickles and I think that's the best invention um so if I, could, if I could only ever eat one food again it would probably be bagged pickles dual pickles I think they're great <laughs> God,
1: that's, so that's the that's, that sounds so awful to me
2: that's my answer you don't like pickles
1: I don't like pickles. Oh, no. There's so there's way too much flavor in a pickle. Oh. All the vinegar, it's painful. It's just it is clearly a chemical that is designed to kill things, which is what pickling is. And uh, and so I, I don't I don't know why one would pour a bunch of uh you know, dilute acetic acid solution into their stomachs.
2: I only found out like about a year ago that a pickle it's just a cucumber. <laughs> like I only found that out about a year ago. It's just a cucumber and yeah. vinegar and it blew my mind. I thought pickles just grew. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm awful. Well, they give it a different name and everything. Don't they rename do. it because you've shoved it in acid. Well, that's it- not, that's not right. <laughs> I might it's get pic- that. I might get that framed.
1: Don't rename it because you've shoved it in acid. <laughs> I, it's strange that, uh, that there's lots of pickled things. Like you can have pickled beets and you can have pickled onions, pic- are great. Pickled yeah. onions and, and, and pickled, like relish is a, is a kind of pickled, like pickled things yeah. in relish. But you can't, have, uh, you can't have pickled cucumbers. You just have pickles.
2: Exactly. It's stupid. Yeah. And what if you had a pickle? So it's a pickled cucumber. And then you put it back in vinegar because then it's just a pickled pickle. And that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense that they would Can call you it a pickle. Can pickle the pickle? pickle I is, you- the pickle is a verb. You can't do that, you know? they change it from a verb to a noun. That's not right. English language well, is mad. But I like yeah. them. I think they're great. I don't know how often uh, you personally eat McDonald's, but I have to ask, are you the kind of guy that would take the pickle out of the Big Mac?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, well, okay. my wife loves pickles, so I take the pickle out of the Big Mac and I give them to her, and she like it's double pickles. Okay,
2: good, because like even though I don't eat Big Macs anymore, because I, I recently went vegetarian, which explains why I don't like corn dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the person. Well, I used to be the person that everyone would just you know they'd take out the pickle and just throw it at me. Although we call them gherkins over here, so that's, that's a good thing. name. See, that's gherkin. better. G h e r k i n gherkin.
1: And can you can you explain to me what a h is?
2: No. A H. You don't oh you don't say H, do you? You
1: no. say H. Correct.
2: Oh, and you, do you know what really annoys me and a lot of British people? Why? Why don't you say herb? It's not a, a H. It has a H. It's a herb. It's not an herb. What's an herb? It doesn't begin with a U. <laughs> I just
1: I'm just really enjoying you saying herb.
2: It's awful! I, I'm, uh, I'm using you as the spokesperson for America right now why do you say herb? It's why do awful. you say
1: why do you say an herb?
2: Yeah that's true um because
1: that's just awful like that makes no sense well, no, The mean, only reason that the Apple. N exists do we is say so Ann herb? is you do is that
2: a thing? Well, I've I know i um, heard British
1: people say that. My, if, well, if, my accent. I will have to check so that we can cut this part of the podcast if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, in my accent, I'm from a place called Essex, which is notorious for having sort of, uh, you know, like Cockney rhyming slang and the sort of commoners like Oliver Twist. Please, sir, can I have some more? I know it's like London, but imagine those old time Londoners coming to another place. That's what Essex is. And that's mm-hmm. what my accent is, like Russell Brand. And it's, it's that accent. And we would say, um, have you got any herbs? Like we you say herbs, but we say "Have you got any herbs?" Not like herbs, you know. Um, we leave out the H's with my accent. And, uh, you
1: are not uh, convincing me that that's different because, no, I of guess course, not. you say it differently because you yeah. have an accent. But you don't use the ancient you have herb an either. So, ha! Huh, we everyone has an accent.
2: All right, happy July Fourth. Right. You came from. Uh, us. I don't so know. A- we we are not taught that history. You know that, right? I never mm. learned anything to do with Independence Day. In
1: history. Oh, I'm so sorry. I guess you guys still feel bad about it. You're, like, ashamed of pretty losing much, a war.
2: July the 4th is pretty much the day where all Americans are really loud and the British just go really, really quiet. <laughs> really quiet. You just don't see totally, us on Twitter
1: that day. You know, like, that's so separate. Like, the July 4th is so separate from the idea of independence from the UK. Uh, we never think of independence from Britain. We think of independence just like, we are independent, we are free, then mostly we're thinking about, uh, mostly just thinking about our- ourselves. And, and in no way do we consider uh, America's context, like the broader context of America in in global society. In fact, July 4th is the day on which you want to do that the least. Because if you do that, then it gets kind of complicated and you're like, is America great? It's done a lot of good and bad things. Yeah. But you don't want to feel that way. You want to be like... Boom! That thing exploded. Give me a hot dog.
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, otherwise you get in into war of whatever the tea thing was about, and then you got the smallpox thing. Or like I <laughs> said, we're not taught any of it at all. Yeah. It's just not. No, well, like that's
1: fine. Part. You got your, you. Well, we're not taught anything about all of your wonderful kings and, and your and your Cromwells oh, and, really? and your. See, no, we, we don't know taught. anything about we're taught that. About yeah. and World War Two. <laughs> Skip over World War One.
2: Well, it kind of comes up, but not that often. It comes yeah. up when you're like 13, 14. It's like a lot okay. of people died at the end. Hitler.
1: It was bad. Yeah, World War One. Bad idea. Don't do that again. Okay. Uh, or just do it again immediately. Yeah. Either just way. A
2: couple years later, with another guy <laughs> who served in World War One, so has yep. the expertise.
1: Smart move. Yeah. Yep. You know. All right. We're we're good at we're good at chatting. We're good at chatting. I haven't answered the question. I would probably eat. I don't know what would I eat. Cool. I. No, probably not. No, I think I like. I would have. To, I, I would want something that would have enough nutritional content for me to not die of a of a vitamin deficiency.
2: I would recommend I... if if it was a single piece of food and you wanted to live forever, I would probably recommend a tomato.
1: Ooh, I don't like them. I oh, mean, I like I will them.
2: Leave this podcast.
1: I I like them I just I couldn't eat them like by myself by themselves every day
2: I eat them by themselves as a snack all the time alright
1: Sarah asks Dear Hank and John I'm in my first year of med school and I failed chemistry which means that I have to do it next year and will delay my career I have always been a good student so this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me and I feel like a complete failure do you have any tips on dealing with screwing up?
2: Yeah it's happened now so so that's it yeah life didn't end that's it like you can't go back And I I hate when people say, like, you know, if you could do things differently, what would you do? And then they say, oh, well, I wouldn't do anything differently because it's meant to be this way. Because even though I believe in fate, and I I honestly do believe everything is meant to happen for a reason, which you may disagree with being a scientific kind of guy. But um, I think when it comes to screwing up, you have to say to yourself, at the time, I did my best, and it didn't go the way I planned. And now, instead of dwelling on the past, I have to find a way of working around it. Um, mm-hmm. if, if it's put you behind a year, that year is going to give you a lot more experience in life. Um, it, you might even just you might have some life-changing things happen in the next year. you know and you might find that you, you're actually a lot more well equipped to do the next year you know yeah. in the year that it's it's taking you to get back on track. but I think yeah. when it comes to if you wake up, if you wake up every day and feel bad about every mistake you've made, you're just not wanna, you're just not going to want to get out of bed. And uh, I think that's a very bad way of, of living if you just live in regret all the time.
1: Completely agree. I m- actually majored in chemistry and the first – my first semester of chemistry I did very poorly. I don't rem- – I think I got a C. It wasn't bad enough that I had to retake the class, but it was bad enough that I was like I have – I did it's not, not expect right? to – yeah, I did not expect to ever do this poorly in a class. Like I, I thought that I always – would always do well because I'd always done well in high school because high school is pretty easy. Um and uh, and what I did for the next, the, you know, like, like what I did was I was like, well, I can't, I can't do the same thing I did again. I have to, I have to think about this differently. And so it it was an opportunity to say like, what, like, why didn't I learn this well? Why didn't, why wasn't I able to do this? And like. Like I kind of completely reformed the way I studied and tried to learn things and, and like I thought about it carefully not about like chemistry but about how I learned like, so, I mean if you, and, if you uh,
2: failed something it, it may be a case of things just not sticking in your brain properly or that you, you didn't understand a certain formula you like you never kind of got it and the nerves got the better of you or something but you go if you go back not just relearning that subject that you didn't do well at but the way that you process things I think you're completely right. I think that's one of the best things you can do improve yeah. on yourself personally.
1: And one of the, like, w- learning how to learn is uh, is is really the trick of school. Uh, yeah,
2: definitely. I wish I knew that 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. I wish I actually
2: revised <laughs> anything 10 years ago. I didn't study yeah. at all. I never studied. I was the arrogant kid who um, never did any homework, never never did any studying, and still got A's. Um, except mm-hmm. this one time, I was in what you guys would call middle school. I was 15. I think that's middle school? I think. Yeah. Maybe going sure. into high school. Um, yeah, we just call it uh, secondary school, but um, I I got into I, I started studying physics. It was a subject you could take at middle school, and uh, in the first lesson, he our teacher made us take a pop quiz, and I I went in there thinking, yeah, I, I've done really well in science so far. I've got this. I like physics. Physics is cool, and I got an E, which was the lowest you could get because he refused to <laughs> So I I remember just getting it back like the next lesson, and I just. I stayed behind after class and cried my eyes out because it was such a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. Not like, not in an offended way, but it was was like reality hit me hard that I'm clearly not good at this as I thought, I I thought I would just waltz in there and do well and come out going, yeah, that was easy. But I, I sat behind with my teacher. I said, you know, I'm really upset. What did I do wrong? And he was like, first off, you need to just, you need to calm down. Crying is not going to give you an A and that kind of that advice just sort of brought me through the next year. I worked super hard. I actually did the homework for that class. I was lucky because my teacher actually made it interesting. I
1: mm-hmm. actually really,
2: really enjoyed studying physics with him. Um, although it's really, really, really easy physics. No, we didn't even learn many formulas or anything. It was just uh, Chernobyl, mostly, <laughs> for the whole year. <laughs> um, but um, at the end of it, uh, when I took uh, GCSEs, I don't know what you guys would call them, um, your end of middle school exams, um, yeah. I got an A in physics. So I went from mm. having an E. At the end, no, I got an A star, which is, the, which is like A plus. Hmm. Um, so I got like the highest mark you could get because I, I applied myself and I had a teacher who's, who was really supportive. So I would also say like, if, if you feel as though you've let yourself down in terms of chemistry, go back to your, your tutor and just have a chat with them and say, I, I feel really knocked back. My confidence is completely gone, You know what can I do? And see if they g- can give you extra classes. I don't know obviously how the American school system works. But if there's a way of like staying behind and you know having revision sessions, you know studying, then I would be all for that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I talk a lot. Wow.
1: You can really go.
2: Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry.
1: I feel like you. Uh, I feel like you kind of remembered a, a great deal about your your childhood there. Uh, that maybe yeah. you hadn't thought about in a while. Well, I mean,
2: yeah, it was like eight years ago. But um, yeah. yeah, like he was he was a good teacher. But um, yeah, I feel that this is probably gonna be the longest podcast ever. Have fun editing this.
1: Yeah, indeed. Cat uh, cat asks, dear wait, wait, Hank and oh, what? 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 Okay, fine, fine. And
2: you missed a question. Oh, you're right, I did. Which is really important. So you were <laughs> reading the right question, but you skipped me.
1: Ari, oh, right, right. What's it
2: like being a vlog brother? Huh? Um, Andrew asks, dear Hank and Emma, or dear Emma and Hank, if Eugene something Cernan, Kernan, Cernan. you know who that is. I don't. Um, if that dude had left a bacon sandwich on the moon in 1971, number one, would the bacon sandwich still be safe enough to eat? And number two, given the chance, would either of you eat said bacon sandwich? I don't know about the first one, but the second one's kind of easy. I'm vegetarian, so no, unless it was corn bacon, in which case I think life is too short to not eat a moon sandwich. (laughs) I would say if if an astronaut came up to me and went, hey, we found this on the moon, do you want to eat it? You'd be an idiot to say no.
1: You know. All right, I I I will I will venture a guess on number one, which is that it would still be safe to eat. Do
2: you reckon?
1: Yeah, because they do I,
2: have oxygen in space, just a little, like not
1: just tiny, not, tiny a bit. bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I it's been think that
2: forty four years.
1: It's been a long time, uh. But what the the question really isn't has it degraded or oxidized, which would not make it unsafe. It would just make it less tasty, which it definitely would be less yeah, that's tasty. True,
2: actually, yeah, it's about. It sleep. wouldn't
1: make it's it unsafe though sleep. because. It, yeah. it, even if it had bacteria on it it would probably be sterilized by uh, the the temperature uh fluctuations it would be very hot and then very cold cuz like the sides of the moon one faces the sun it like you the moon know it, get it'll hot? get yeah that. oh yeah the, the the surface of the moon gets gets hot cuz it's in the sun for space, it's dude. In, I did not do you know, any revision that's fine um <laughs> and uh and then uh, and it would be sort of it would be bombarded by the rays of the sun which would also sterilize it so it would be safe to eat uh, i'm pretty sure and, and unless i'm missing some way that bacon could decay into something dangerous do you think uh, light
2: rays can sterilize bacon sandwiches i don't know i mean it's just oh light yeah
1: and it's oh but like it's like of of there's a bunch of yeah you seem to well,
2: sterilize it or completely destroy it Surely.
1: yeah so what would happen is like the high energy uv radiation of the sun would uh, would sterilize and break down the sandwich. Like the, like if you, if just like sort of a bacon sandwich were sit, sitting in space, the thing that would eventually degrade it would just be being bombarded by the radiation, like solar radiation. Oh,
2: I thought you were going to say if it just got hit by like tiny little asteroids.
1: That actually would be a thing. Like it, eventually it would probably be hit by enough tiny little asteroids that it would break apart. Uh, that that, would that's so a good cool. point. Just imagine yeah. a
2: sandwich floating in space and this tiny little rock just hitting it. <laughs> and, like, the bacon flying out in slow motion.
1: Yeah. That is that's that it is a beautiful, beautiful image. I have um, never
2: understood how space worked. Ever. Like, w- would a sandwich even move? Would it break apart? How do things <laughs> even move in space? There's no... There's nothing up there. How? I mean, it's also completely dark. How would you see if anything's happening? You know? Well, in it's, a tree it's, it's in not... The forest, would the bacon sandwich move? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I should be on the SciShow. I'd be great. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be giving answers. I'd just... Be doing hypothetical questions and then bug myself out like this.
1: We, if you want to just send us SciShow questions for us to answer and like have an Emma Blackery segment of like, how do things even move in space? I don't understand how space works. Then I would be happy to answer those questions for I you. I
2: genuinely did consider um, being a president of space so that I could get a question. Oh. I don't know what the question was, but now that this is uh, now that this is official, there is definitely going to be an Emma Blackery segment on every SciShow. <laughs> from now on it's confirmed by Hank Green himself
1: alright it's done uh, and given the chance would I eat the bacon sandwich um, I would first want to do science on the bacon sandwich I don't oh, know what kind m- of science I'd want to do there's but no
2: time for science
1: given it's a the-
2: bacon sandwich I mean if you're going to bring it back to earth it started to g- degrade you know
0: <laughs> that bacon has started to
2: warm up since it got back in the rocket ship rocket yeah. ship spaceship I don't know I I'd, I'd just watch kids TV you know, it's gonna start degrading. It's gonna start getting gross. You have to eat it pretty quick. I did food hygiene courses when I was a waitress, and you've only got a few hours before that meat gets nasty. So right. you don't have time yeah. to probe it unless you're gonna like freeze it with that. Liquid
1: Maybe and yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll eat half the bacon sandwich and leave the other half so to do to fine. do science on. But don't yeah, put
2: science is the priority.
1: All right? But I think, think if given the food. opportunity, you have to eat a space sandwich.
2: Thank you. It's a moon sandwich, but thank you. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you better ask the next question.
1: All right, Cat asks, dear Hank and Emma, how are you feeling about Google Google Plus these days?
2: Uh, they 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 uh we went on a date and they they didn't they didn't call me back. Uh, they I think they swiped left or something. I don't know. Um, Google Plus don't hate me, which is good. So you really? have that here. Yeah, they don't. Um, they hated me for a while. Apparently, I was actually told by a few people who knew people who worked at Google that they really, really were mad at me. Genuinely. If
1: people don't know what's going on, Emma wrote a song about how uh, how she did not feel enthusiastic about the transition of YouTube's uh, sign in system to integrate with Google Plus, which is a Google social media. Yeah, Indeed. and
2: um so so they were kinda of mad for a few weeks after I wrote that song. And uh, about a week after I released it, I had to go into Google for a meeting, which uh it was alright, I thought it would be really awkward, but they just didn't mention it, which I think they <laughs> just continue to do. I think they just not mention it. But apparently now I have actually heard that a lot of people who work within Google Plus said they completely agree with the song, which is quite bad, I think. If you work for a social media site and they go, yeah, "Yeah, she was right. That site's awful. I'm not going to name names, but yeah, a few people have said to me, yeah, they they actually like it and they realize you were right. And now no one's on Google+. And I'm not saying I brought down an entire social media website by myself, but you know, it did go viral. So (laughs) you're looking at the person that can bring down a social website with a
1: ukulele well we're not looking at you but we are listening to you here on dear hank and john podcast that is brought to that brought to you by google (laughs) plus
2: oh don't say that that. i have to write another song about how great they are i can go and find a ukulele somewhere
1: you should do that you should you should come back and you should write a song about how wonderful google plus is and how wrong you were
2: i had a friend over on on um, april 1st song um Saying we love you, Google Plus. They just, oh yeah. They just uh, overdubbed it with, uh, "It's the best thing since sliced bread," and uh, <laughs> it was, it was terrible. Um, how are you feeling about Google Plus?
1: Oh, you know,
2: the usual. Uh, we talk yeah. sometimes. You know, it's a casual. I don't,
1: I don't think about Google Plus ever.
2: I don't think it thinks about you, Hank.
1: You know, I don't think easy. it thinks. Let's hope it doesn't think, because right, if it thought, if
2: Google Plus goes sentient, I am running for my life.
1: Seriously. If it yes. Becomes hide.
2: Like a transformer, I am mm-hmm. running away. You will not find me. I will be on the moon. Oh no! Now he knows <laughs> I'll be on the moon.
0: He's listening. Although,
2: can I ask you a question about Walmart? Is it true sure. that they sell guns in Walmart? Like in yes, September? that is true. That's ridiculous. That's like my local supermarket. That's that's like asda selling guns. What? Yep. Do you have like yep. a gun section? Is that a thing?
1: It's what? like uh, it's like in it's the like the fishing right? rod section. Pick the gun. No, no, no. So like you got the you got like where the where the where the, like the fishing supplies and the camping supplies are. Then there's also guns, so that you can take and shoot a deer or something.
2: But I mean, like they don't let you just pick up a gun and fire it, right? No. Nope. Like you have shooting ranges in the in the US and everything. Like you can just take a gun, take your neighborhood gun you know
1: well it's not like a shared gun it's your own gun yeah, no, you take I your gun, gun. down do you could take it to the shooting range and and practice your your gunmanship that's weird so yeah weird. I, I also think it's weird it is not like i am a, a gun owner myself i, are I are do not good no i was I'm gonna not. say you don't, don't seem
2: like the kind of guy don't own a gun i mean kids get fucking shot i mean it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth the first slash, no. second slash, whatever amendment you guys have. Well, I mean, for amendment. a lot of people, is it, the it is the Red second bound? amendment, yes. And the first yeah. one's freedom of speech, right? Correct. That's all I know.
1: Yeah. So Those we have the, the freedom of we have the freedom of speaking with your mouth, and you also have the freedom of of being able to, if the circumstance arises, to speak with your guns. Yeah.
2: Oh, this next question's good. Do you want to read it out?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, Hallie asks, dear Hank and Emma, I'm a senior in high school and I'm very, very short. Luckily for me, I'm a girl. And girls don't get teased as often about being short as guys do. And also high heels exist. But I'm also not very good about feeling confident about my shortness. And I was wondering if you have any advice.
2: My advice as someone who is, uh, 100 and 157 centimeters, um, which is not tall. It's five foot two. Um, my advice would be you can't do anything about it you're stuck. You're not going to grow. So you either hate yourself the rest of your life or you embrace it. Um, For instance, I, I used to, I was never teased for being short. I had people, I always have people use it as an icebreaker. Whenever I meet people who watch my videos, they say, you're so short in real life as if I don't know, you know, and I've actually taken to it sometimes where I've been really sarcastic and just jumped back and gone, oh my God, really? Ah, oh my God, everyone's so tall and just freaking out you know, in sarcastic (laughs) ways just to make them feel really awkward about it. But now I'm just like, well, you know, people are just going to try and use an icebreaker. But in terms of like being teased, I was never, I was, I was never teased about it. Um, but I, I started seeing it in a positive light. For instance, if you're short, you are the last person to know when it's raining and you are the last person that's going to get really drenched in, um, In heavy rain Um, If you were to climb Mount Everest At exactly the same time as a tall person You would live longer Because the (laughs) air would be thinner For the other people Um, Although you would be the first To probably die In a a room that was flooding If you couldn't get out But I try to not think of that one but, you know, I mean, being short has its uh, has its benefits, for sure. Like, I can, I can walk under many low bridges that my friends have to duck under. I don't have to duck. I hardly ever have to duck, you know,
0: mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is
2: great. Um, if I fall over, it's not as far to the ground. So, <laughs> so it, even though you'd think it would be proportional, it doesn't no. hurt as much. I'm sure of it.
1: No, that is definitely know? true. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I would say, as a tall person... Uh, So I'm 6'1", which is above average. Uh, I never notice how, like, the height of other people unless they are taller than me. So because 90% of people are shorter than me, I, like, all people who are shorter than me are the same height in my perception. So just as, like, to understand how people who are taller than you are seeing it, they're probably not seeing you as particularly short- just, That's interesting. Yeah, I I really and uh, well, I guess like when somebody gets to be like like five foot four four eleven kind of height, then I'm like, yeah. you are, you are a short person, and like I see that. But like I never oh, feel I mean, like I'm it's five a, foot
2: two. That's even shorter than that. I am very small.
1: You I mean said, like
2: five. Oh, you mean like four foot eleven? Like yes, like yes. not even five foot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like five foot four and eleven bits of an inch or something i was like that's really specific no fair enough yeah like you can that's the thing you notice like the extremities like for instance i wouldn't go up to you i wouldn't think wow hank green is really tall because you do see people who are six foot one
1: yes, quite often. yes. i'm not mm-hmm. saying
2: you're very very common i'm just saying that you know you say yes it isn't above you know it's above average height but it's not it's not like ridiculously tall like right. uh, i know people who are uh, six foot seven and they are very very tall
1: yeah, then and it's then it's would. like what just happened? Like if you see yeah. Rhett of Rhett and Link, then then you're like, oh my goodness. And then he's got the hair. Met, I have
2: never met Rhett. So yeah, that's... you'll
1: yeah, you'll come up you come up to his, his waist. He's ridiculous.
2: What I find very annoying is that uh I, I once had a friend who, like I said, was like six foot six and we went on tour together and people just made us stand next to each other all the time. <laughs> um, just because it's funny, I was genuinely nipple height. Um it was horrible. I really, really was nipple height. But uh, another good thing about being short is that if you are a kind, generous person, uh, if you are quite short, if you are five foot two, you are the absolute perfect height for an armrest. If someone tall or of an average height is standing next to you and they want to ponder, they want to just think, you know, stroke their beard, but have their arm resting on something, you are the best perch. Your shoulder (laughs) is an incredible perch. I make people do it when they need to think. When they're stressed out, I say, perch, perch over here, and just tap on my shoulder. And they do, and they feel better. So... You know, it's all about embracing the things yeah, that yeah. you don't like about yourself. I mean, if you're really, really, really insecure about things that you can change, then I, I'm all for people changing them. I'm, I'm completely pro plastic surgery if the reasons are good, if the reasons mm-hmm. are just because it makes you feel more confident. But with, with, uh, with your height, there's not much you can do apart from, like you said, wear high heels or that really drastic surgery. I don't know if you heard about it, where um, they yeah, can, yeah, they can yeah, they like break your, your, your legs, legs and yeah, and then uh, no. they regrow the <clears> bone and you gain about two inches. Um, and I've I've read stories about people who've done that, and they say they don't regret it, even though you lose like a year of your life. But I would say honestly, quite frankly, you can't do anything about it. You're short. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, and the other thing about being short is that it's uh it's 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 fine. Like I, I don't know that anybody has a lot of uh negative like there are sort of a general negative series of opinions about yeah, short not, people, like, especially there's not short negative women. Connotations. Yeah. You
2: know? Short men, you kind of see him as like Lord Farquaad from Shrek a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. You think short, yep. evil man, like Plankton from SpongeBob, you know, you think, oh, is a short, evil person. But <laughs> with women, a lot of people just see it cute. You know, they see it as cute, um, which I guess yeah. is actually very, very sexist. But
1: totally. You know, oh, yes, definitely. But I, yeah. yeah? And it, this is a problem with society, not with the people uh, who have, who, who are, you know, at the outskirts of a bell curve. Um, and there's uh yeah so the the good news is uh it's not that bad of a thing to be uh in terms of society's weird hang-ups not in terms of like reality which of course it's not in terms of reality uh but and the the other good news is that uh, even if it were something that is is like society is weird and hung up about uh the the best thing that you can be is confident about uh yeah, it, in in, the, in your in your knowledge that uh, society is weird about things that are even the very slightest bit different, uh, and that uh, that has nothing to do with you, and uh, everything to do with how how weird our like in general cultures can be. Uh, you can't change culture uh, immediately uh, or on your own, but uh, but just uh, you know. Yeah. Being being comfortable in the, and, and like I know so many uh, strong, powerful, uh, amazing short women, and it turns out that it has nothing to do with uh, with anything about them except for uh, how how high up they can reach.
2: Yeah, basically, the shorter you are, the better you are, is what Hank is trying to say. So if you're <laughs> tall and listening to, if you're over five foot four, Hank is not going to like you. Uh,
1: <laughs> but I mean,
2: you're you're completely right. Like you know, your height doesn't reflect anything about you apart from how you feel about your height that's the only thing it reflects um Mm -hmm. people I mean I would say as a final thought to to um to Hallie uh if that's how you pronounce it it might be Haley might be Hallie I don't know I'm English um I would say how often how many hours a day do you spend looking at people and going wow they're tall wow they're short wow they're average those people are probably spending the same amount of time as you not not none at all um, it's very easy to overthink it, um, especially if you're really insecure about it. Like um, I used to be really insecure about my teeth and I used to think everyone was constantly staring at my teeth. But the fact is when someone's talking, they're looking at your mouth to lip read, um, mm-hmm. you know, but you you do get very self-conscious, but it's about overcoming it and embracing it. I'm totally fine with being short now. I mean, you might, Hallie, you might be shorter than me, but it's, it's a case of you have to find the positives in it. Otherwise it's just going to completely weigh you down or get your legs broken.
1: So, <laughs> Your
2: choice. Those are, those are the
1: options. Your choice. Um,
2: we have one last question, I think, and it's from me. Apparently, apparently, I it asked is. it. It is. a it's a it's a girl called Emma. Um, I wrote this. Uh, I I wrote this question. No, I didn't. Um, I was going to say it would be really really weird if I sent this question in a few weeks ago, thinking, oh, I love this. I love this podcast. I hope John answers my question. Um, that would be bad. But um, I shall uh, I shall read this. So Emma asked, dear Hank and Emma. I know that as people, we're always growing and changing. I'm someone who believes everything happens for a reason. I'm completely the same. However, some of the things that we do are just absolutely cringy and horrible. So my question is, how do you not regret the bad or strange things you've done, even knowing it made you who you are? That's a good question.
1: You just, you already answered this question, this podcast. I did? The, yeah. That's weird. Uh, you but... do. You, you regret them. You regret the bad and strange things you've done. and part, And part of that regret is what made you who you are.
2: Yeah. Even the I mean, regret.
1: And don't regret your regret because then you just get caught up in the cycle.
2: Well the thing is, like, when you hear that day in, day out, but you still get really like cringy about the things you've done. It it doesn't really it doesn't really help when someone says, Oh, well, it's made you who you are today because that doesn't negate the fact that right. what you did yeah. was really embarrassing. I think it's completely I think it's a very, very, very positive thing to regret something. Because it means that you've grown it means Mm -hmm. you've changed it means that you going back in time you wouldn't do that thing therefore you are a better person Um, as I said earlier in the podcast my main motto in life is to be a better person every day improve on yourself every single day and looking back at things that you've done thinking oh why did I do that that means that you wouldn't make those mistakes again and it's good because if you if you said to yourself oh I don't regret anything I've done then in a way you're almost being foolish in a way that you're thinking oh well it was meant to be that way you know and you're leaving the door open to thinking that you might do it again you know, um, like with my music, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep. You know, I'm not trying to promote my own music. You, you can buy on iTunes. This uh, this podcast is sponsored by my EPs. Um, but I would, I look back at my old uh, music, and some of the songs, I'm like, oh, that song is so boring, or oh, yeah. that song is so simple. Because like uh, the first single that I have released on on YouTube, I loved the song at the time. I thought it was so catchy. But now I listen to it, I was like, oh, this is so awful. The lyrics are so bad. But I don't see that as a bad thing. I see the song is bad. But I see mm-hmm. it as good that I'm now looking at it as an improved person, saying that clearly I have got better at writing mm-hmm. if I find this bad. You
1: know. Yeah, I mean, regret serves an, uh, a purpose uh, in us, and it it's a thing that... Uh, is unpleasant, but it triggers the analysis of our previous actions that led to negative outcomes, and that analysis is good up to a point. You know, over analyzing that, getting caught up into it, and 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 never leaving it behind is uh, is a, is you know a, a kind of disorder. Uh, but you know, in general, uh, regret and and considering and like those those like cringy feelings of like, oh god, I did that thing. Uh, it it's about giving you an opportunity to think about you know the, the actions you have taken that have led to negative outcomes and why they led to those negative outcomes. Uh, so don't get caught up too much in regretting things but don't not regret them. Uh, the thing that you uh that that like I really dislike in our culture is often this idea that like you can't you, you know you have to stay true to your something and to me, you know the self like who i am is a different person every day like i like we constantly evolve we create ourselves and we're different from day to day and that is not something to be ashamed of it's something to be proud of because that means that you know like ideally you're you you have more life experience you have a better understanding of yourself and other people and uh, that's allowing you to grow as a person which means that uh, you're going to look back at the, some of the things you've done and said and and be like oh why was why why did i believe that or why did i make that stupid mistake or why did i give into that that base emotion and do that mean thing Uh, And that's good because it means that, like, hopefully in the next the next time you're faced with, you know, like giving into a base emotion and doing a mean thing, you'll be like, well, I don't want to feel this this bad, this regret that I felt for years about that time that I did a thing like that. So I shouldn't do it this time. Yeah, It's good.
2: Like if you order chili cheese fries and you didn't like them, it's okay to regret it because then you're not going to order them again is what Hank is basically saying. I just put yes. it in the analogy of chili cheese fries, which I don't like. Um, well, yeah, except the problem with
1: your the problem with your analogy is that chili cheese fries are amazing.
2: Oh, you like everything I hate. I would just have I would just have the dill pickles. I'm fine. Ugh. Ugh. Um, oh, how horrible. Ooh. But I mean, I would also say really, really quickly before we move on to the news of uh, of this week's podcast. I don't know about if it's weekly or monthly or what by now. Um, I would also just really quickly say that. Um, even though I say, you know, you should, you know, you, it's okay to regret things. Don't live in that regret. Like you said, um, I I think it is important to be able to, you know, keep the past separate from who you are now. Like let your past experience affect who you are today in a way that means, you know, you won't do that bad thing again, but don't, just don't, don't dwell on them too much. You know, I mean, I know that's something I as said. I don't like it when people say that, but I completely agree, with Emma. That I, I personally do believe in fate. I believe in destiny. I do believe that everything is planned out. I believe it's all mapped out for you. And I, I understand that might not be something that a lot of people, you know, agree with. Um, but that's that's the belief that I have, and it keeps me going. I try not to preach about it. But um, but if it's it's a case of you have to be able to say that was then and this is now. It's it's going to keep coming back to haunt you. But over time, like you do get less cringy about things you don't in the instance of like if you've done something embarrassing a week ago that cringe burn is still going to be there like your cheeks are still going to go deep red from doing something and that's good because that means in the space of a week you regret doing something um but over time like I don't regret things I did years ago because I don't even remember doing them you know I don't (laughs) I don't remember any of the things I said to ex-boyfriends or anything like a lot of cringiness and embarrassment is short term I think that's very important to remember you know just write it out yep Just write it out, embrace it, and just say, I'm not doing that again. Draw a line under it, and just keep going.
1: You know? Yeah, absolutely. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system. But there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me, And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, slash their family group chat, slash their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health, booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com DearHank. Every time I know it's coming, and I'm like, I'm going to have to say zokdoc.com right now, aren't I?" And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. Zockdoc.com:
2: That went on. Sorry. I, 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 I thought I knew what I was talking about, and then I just had like a 10-second silence while I was trying to buffer. I was buffering my brain. That's why I <laughs> that's, call it.:
1: That's why we can edit podcasts.:
2: I think it's time for the news.:
1: It is. Sick. It is. Do you have any AFC Wimbledon news for us?
2: Oh, I do. Basically, um, AFC Wimbledon is a football club, and it's uh, my favorite football club. It's one that I have personally followed um, for all of my life. Um, I've definitely (laughs) heard of it before John did something with them. Um, Although I would like to say, and I think this is very obvious to anyone who lives in the UK and listens to this, no one has heard of AFC Wimbledon apart from (laughs) John Green. No one on this planet. I live in this country and I've never heard of them. In the UK, football pretty much if everyone in the UK who likes football supports a club in the Premier League, which is like the big league. You know, I don't know what you guys would call it, but like the big players. You know, yeah, like you the got like the, You know like you got like the Miami Dolphins, I think, right? Is that a thing? Chicago Bulls? I, I, I don't I honestly don't know. I don't yeah. know. But that kind of thing, right? So like everyone who supports who likes football will support the club that is closest to them, even if it's not close to them at all. Like, uh, I'm from, like I said, a place called Essex, and the closest um, geological (coughs) club to us... um, You're right there, dear. The closest geological club to us is a, a club called West Ham, West Ham United. And it's nowhere near me. It's miles out, but it's the closest club that's in the Premier League. So most people in Essex will support West Ham. You know, very little people support small clubs. So I think it's great that John's doing that. Genuinely, I really do. But no one's heard of him. So so that's the thing. If you're in anything below like League One, which is I think there I think AFC Wimbledon's in League Two or something. but yep. like no one watches and no one cares. <laughs> and I <I'm> feel <laughs> so bad for saying that. I worry that John is the only person who turns up to matches. But I will tell you the news about them. Um, which I I went down to AFC Wimbledon myself and I got this news direct from the source. Um I, I, I click I clicked the link that you emailed me. <laughs> um, so basically from what I can gather from uh, from this week's exciting AFC Wimbledon news uh, which hopefully John will be able to clarify in the next podcast um from what I can gather AFC Wimbledon put in a uh, request for planning permission um to build a new stadium uh quite a while ago like a few months ago I think like November last year and they have been recently uh, making a couple of changes to the original plans that they submitted so so I guess they would have you know said this is the stadium we want to build oh wait, no, we're going to do this to it. Um, and I think by the looks of it, um, there were, there were a few people around the local area who live near the stadium who were kind of like, well, we don't want you to do this. Um, so I think they've made some revisions and it's causing some sort of controversy. Um, but I heard (laughs) that John himself is going to fly out and, uh, make some videos with the people who are upset about this development and, um, mostly convince them that, that it's a good thing. That's what I heard. Um, John, I'm sure you'll be able to to do that. But uh, basically, a statement on AFC Wimbledon's official website revealed that the London Borough of Merton will shortly be conducting a further consultation and adding <laughs> this additional information to the council website.
1: Um, I love this so much. It's so exactly as weird and esoteric as normal AFC Wimbledon news.
2: This is- I mean, this is—is is this actually news? Is this a thing that John cares this, about? I don't as know.
1: far as I can—I—I can, I, I looked. I tried to find some AFC Wimbledon news, and this is all I could find that well, seemed like like actual as close to news as I could get.
2: Although I would say um, a very important point on this uh, development of this stadium for a club that no one has heard of. Um, The changes that have been made for the uh, planning permission um, primarily relate to the basement, ground and podium level of the residential blocks, um, which I assume means that people live in the stadium, Um, (laughs) which I would not recommend because football players practice all hours of the day and you don't want to be kicked in the head at five o'clock in the morning with a football. Um, The north-south street and the east-stand elevation of the stadium, so I can also imagine that they just want it to be really, really tall on one side. So it's more like a like a slope, rather than, I mean, they're gonna probably have problems with the football rolling down it. But hopefully, what they I think what they're probably planning on doing is putting the uh, the away team's goal on the bottom of the slope. I can imagine that's a good move because then the ball is gonna build up momentum and just roll in. Um, yep. Which is clever. I I genuinely hope that the Dons, which is their uh, colloquial name, are given this uh, permission. Um, as a lifelong fan of the Dons um, I can only hope that this is the start of something fantastic for the Dons
1: (laughs) in Mars news in Mars news for the first time Opal has been found in a Martian meteorite. The meteorite in question was blasted off the surface of Mars millions of years ago and finally fell in Egypt in 1911. The tiny slice of the meteorite provided to scientists for analysis was found to contain fire opal, Opal, fire opal, fire a mineral that tends to form here on Earth around hot springs. Hot springs, of course, are perfect places for life to form, and opal could, in fact, potentially trap microbes for future examination and inspection, inspection by us, which is pretty cool. That's the Mars news.
2: And... That gemstone, opal, was likely created by the interaction of water with silica.
1: That's... that's I googled Mars yeah. really Good. quickly. Good job, it's yeah. It's a that's... planet
2: near us, um, which is <laughs> kind of hot and dry. It's basically a planet of Utah.
1: It's not, it's colder.
2: But it looks hot, it's red.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not...
2: But it hasn't got any water on it. So it has, Correct. But if it hasn't got any water, it must have gone somewhere. Because they said that there was once proof of like that there used to be water there's on Mars. There's ice right? on
1: Mars. Yeah, right. Uh, there's, so there's, there's ice, ice on underneath Mars. the surface of Mars and there's existed, ice at the poles. Which yeah. kind
2: of, which kind of makes you think, okay, well the water's evaporated because it's hot. So how no, come we have No, it's frozen. It's frozen.
1: It's frozen on the frozen on the planet. It's still but there. It's Mars frozen. Mars
2: is sand. It looks well, like Utah.
1: Yeah, it's below the surface because on the surface. Do you want to know? Do you want to know the answer do, to your question? I Okay. Wouldn't. This saves you doing uh, a sci show on it. The uh, so <laughs> Mars does not have a magnetic field the way that Earth does. So, Earth has a molten core uh, or a molten mantle and a solid yeah, core, we, and, we and, and the, the, the core middle. spins around and it creates a magnetic field which deflects uh, a, a lot of high energy solar particles, uh, so that we oh, that's are safer. Cool. So, on like, the we have
2: like a barrier. It's yes. just like, no, go away, evil particles. And I'm yes. guessing We Mars also have, have
1: that. a higher a much higher gravity. We're like three times more gravity here on Earth than they have they, than Mars has. Uh, I don't know who they are. The uh, no so those two those two factors combined, uh, the fact that Mars does not have uh, a magnetic field because it does not have a liquid mantle. Uh, what kind and of mantle does it have? It's solid. Just just solid all the way through. Mars is I think. Actually, we're not sure about this. We know that Mars doesn't have a magnetic field, but we're not sure whether or not there is still some molten bits of, of Mars because actually the, the most recent eruptions of the, of the volcanoes of Mars were not that long ago, no, no, geologically speaking. No, 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 speaking. no.
2: See, no, this what? is where you're totally wrong. If it's a solid core, how do they have liquid magma? Huh? I could answer that. I should go work at NASA. There's got to be liquid stuff in there if you've got a volcano with stuff spouting out of it.
1: Well, the Obviously. the volcano hasn't been active in, in in a few million years, but uh, I'm, I, I'm not sure how long it course. I'm not See, sure how long be. it was. Why don't but we it could drill in
2: into it? Okay, if we can like if we can slingshot fillet onto a comet, why can't we drill into Mars?
1: Well, maybe someday we will be able to. Well,
2: why can't we now, Hank?
1: It's.
2: Why haven't you done this, Hank? I
1: haven't finished explaining to you why there's no water on the surface of Mars. All right,
2: fine, fine, explain.
1: Um. So that those two things combined, uh, when, because there is no magnetic field and because the uh, because the gravity isn't as as significant, um, solar wind can actually actually like blows the atmosphere regularly, like knocks the the atmosphere off the planet and into interstellar space. So there's a very thin atmosphere on Mars. It's very low pressure. So any water on the surface of Mars would, uh, even if it were ice in a lot of cases, uh, would immediately sublimate. So go straight from the liquid form to the gas form and then be in the atmosphere and then get knocked off by the solar wind. So all of the first layers of Martian dust is dry. But we found that below the first few layers, where the atmosphere isn't interacting with it as much, uh, there actually is quite a lot of ice.
2: But right now it's like a sauna. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a very cold sauna with v- absolutely no water vapor because it's all great. been knocked just, into just space.
2: Take a water bottle and just enjoy yourself, get a tan. I think it sounds great. <laughs> I might go if you're too scared to go, Hank, because it's you're too scared. I would go. I'll go to Mars, whatever.
1: All right. It's fine. Well, I, don't know. I, I mean, I hope that you do. It's
2: probably kind of bad.
1: Um, the internet would be a problem on Mars. You'd have to bring it with you.
2: Okay, that's a problem. I don't know how to set up servers. Another quick question about Mars. You say it has no magnetic field. Could yes. we resurrect life on Mars if we just made a spinning ring of magnets and spun it around real quick? The planet. Uh,
1: it would help. Uh, we we just, I don't think that life would... We just took lots of uh,
2: fridge magnets, stuck them together, <clears> throat> wrapped throat> mm-hmm. it around Mars. Like, mm-hmm. slightly bigger than Mars. Bigger circumference, because then it can actually go around it like a Saturn ring. Yeah, and right. we just spun it around somehow. Mm -hmm. like if we just like flew a comet into it because we can control comets now um i just decided um would that help because i mean then it could not call that radiation and then maybe in a few million years grass could grow and then we could have nice sheep on ours it'd be nice
1: that is i mean one of the big concerns uh in the world of how do we travel to mars is the radiation because uh it is not a safe place for humans to exist on the surface of so Possibly if we went to Mars, we would certainly have to have radiation-proof structures and, and even maybe build uh, build the, the areas where we would live underground uh, to protect us from that, which doesn't sound like very which much fun like to live underground 13. on Mars. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. it sucks. Um, Do you reckon it's more so,
2: radioactive on Mars or Chernobyl when it first happened? You know, I don't. That's I the don't. Only thing I well, know when it first happened, I mean, if
1: you're talking about like <laughs> right in the in the basement of Chernobyl, where like the that's probably worse. The, the bad yeah. stuff was, that's yeah. definitely worse. But you know, around Chernobyl, I'm not sure if now Mars is more radioactive than than the surroundings of Chernobyl. I I you, the Chernobyl exclusion zone, as they call it, the area where yeah. you can't go because it's still radioactive. Yeah,
2: where that Geiger counter thing ticks a lot. Um, mm-hmm. See, I know a lot. I can physics. Um, tick 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 tick. The other thing is, you you said you know they're sending people to to, to Mars right on a mission no no you you said they were sending people to, there is a thing they're sending people to mars
1: Ah. Uh, right i don't yeah. know like, like there's, the there's there's this uh, there's this basically a private organization that says they want to yeah but, but they I don't have a, enough money to do applying it
2: applying to do it yes but you just said that you'd pretty much fry to a crisp so why would right. they do that that's stupid uh,
1: well i mean if why you, are you have people stupid <laughs> sorry if you have radiation shielding, you could, you could make it. I, I think that part of the, the deal with that mission is that it's a one-way trip and they, they expect the first people to go to Mars to also be the first people to die on Mars, which is not how the government would do it uh, and also not how I would do it and also not how I think we should do it. They should put a dog so,
2: on there first, like like the Russians did that Sputnik thing. Send a dog L- L- If L- the L- dog... Yeah. If, oh, that one. I thought it was the Sputnik. I don't know. If they send a dog and the dog lives, then we go. Or possibly that send sounds, a multitude of dogs
1: first. That's not, just... And then I, a horse. Well, what you I like up, is the idea slow, of slowly. just puppies, just Mars puppies. Oh, no, deep I think fried puppies. Would...
2: No, crispy puppies. That's sad. That's
1: well, maybe we'll, genetic, is... we'll, ge- we'll genetically engineer the puppies so that they'll live safely and happily on the surface of Mars. That'd be and great. And then we'll go there in, in, you know, 30 years' time and it'll just be covered in small dogs. It'll be great.
2: Another real thing, you said Mars is cold.
1: Correct. Mars is definitely cold.
2: warms you up and crisps you. So, nah. Yeah, radiation. It can. Like, uh, if you not used a microwave, it warms things so up. And if different. you never <laughs> held your phone to your ear for five minutes, it's hot. So, like, surely <laughs> they cancel each other out. It's like having a really long phone call. Like this one. Right? This, this is whole long, podcast it's... is me just asking you why Mars is and why Mars does.
1: Yep. Who but, Mars yeah. Are? We should. We should, uh, we should do a new podcast. It's called Who Mars Are. Yeah, I want to do it. Hank and Emma. I like and where it. You just, you just ask me questions about Mars and I get increasingly exasperated.
2: Oh, 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 I had a question, a genuine question that's not just really stupid. Do you remember I okay. said it to you on Twitter? I said, I don't. if they exiled the club members of AFC Wimbledon to Mars, who would be more mad, you or John?
1: I wouldn't be mad at all,
2: really, because the first people to colonize Mars would be a relevant sports team, not leading <laughs> scientists you know I mean I mean John would that's... be pretty mad if all of the football players for AFC Wimbledon were exiled to Mars, they would have had to do something real bad but but i I just don't know who would be more mad, you know I think
1: John I think John would really really be very angry that aFC Wimbledon lost their uh, lost their team, and I I would just be sort of happy just, that anybody, like any it. old person, as long as they're given the proper equipment, can do some good science. Oh, no, 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 no
2: they're, 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 sent in their, they're sent in their football kits.
1: Oh, it's just the football... Yeah, yeah, I would just the shorts. I would be I would be upset. I, would, I actually, you're right, I might be more upset, and I think that a lot of people would be very, very upset at just sort of the, the unnecessary expense of such an exile.
2: Yeah, but I'm asking you who would be more upset you or John see know. what I mean because you'd be upset for the sake of humanity for the kick in the face to science about it not being done properly the you know the lack of lo- you know the the loss of life and then you know not being able to they're not scientists so they can't report their findings they're just the first humans on Mars are just there for no reason you'd be pretty mad I think you'd yeah, be mad yeah I'd be
1: pretty mad I'd be pretty mad but John mad. would
2: lose his entire football team so so that's this is a, a tough question I suppose John I suppose John would be more mad because I mean how, how mad can you really get
1: yeah, we'd have to have him here to answer that question. We'd ha- we'd have to compare our levels of anger.
2: Yeah, I hope John addresses this. I really hope. I
1: hope does. so as well. Sweet. I think that's important.
2: That's the news section plus all of my questions about Mars. I could have probably googled it, really, but you were here, <laughs> and I watched SciShow, and I like your voice, so I thought it would be easier just to ask you. I didn't. Definitely. Have to, yeah, I didn't have no. to pay for my own SciShow episode. I just got you Absolute. right here. I win. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you, Emma, for, for guest hosting this episode of Dear Hank and John. And thank you all to the people who are listening. Uh, we hope that it was enjoyable.
2: Yeah, it was good. And um, if you'd like to support um, SciShow, then you can go to uh, patreon.com for SciShow. And I'm just using that outro on everything you do.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. And if you want to keep getting smarter with us, there you, you go, can go to youtube.com SciShow and subscribe. One.
2: I like that one. <laughs> oh, I had it in real life. That's definitely uh, clipped on the mic, but that was me genuinely freaking out that I heard you say that. I'm going to ask you to do that at VidCon. Are you at VidCon? Are you at VidCon? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you there. to do that. I'm going to ask you to film it. That's so good. Sorry. Oh, God. Um, uh, yeah, you might want to just do the intro, the outro for this, because I don't even know the difference between in an intro and outro, apparently. Oh, all I'm right. I'm so happy now.
1: Our theme music is by Gunnarola. The podcast is edited by Nicholas Jenkins, who's a big Emma Blackery fan, I'll add. Oh. Can you say hi to Nick for us? Hey,
2: Nick. How's it going? Sorry, if I'm so have- happy.
1: If you have any questions for us, you can send those questions to hankandjohn at gmail.com. And as we say in our hometown,
0: don't Don't forget forget to to be be awesome. awesome.